Welcome to Sorted, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. So get your coffee ready and let's get sorted. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Sorted Season 2. We are so excited for the episode that we have planned today. We are going to talk about all things color. And as you know, Alex and I are both self-proclaimed color addicts, so this is a topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts. We both pride ourselves on being colorful graphic designers in a very uncolorful world. (laughs) Yes. So... (laughs) This episode is also going to be a kilobyte episode, so it will be a little bit shorter, but there's a lot of resources in this one. So we'll have everything that we talked about linked in the show notes below. So rewind as needed, but just know that everything will be linked for you in the show notes. So in today's episode, again, like Emma said, it's going to be all about colors. So we're going to talk about literally, you know, what is color in the design world, when to use RGB, CMYK, hex codes, Pantone codes, color theory, different color resources, and even talk about accessibility. So let's jump in with what the heck is the difference between RGB, CMYK, and hex codes. I know when I was starting out, it was something that I, you know, I knew it existed, obviously, but I'm a self-taught designer. Alex, I'm sure, had to take multiple classes on color and color theory. (laughs) And this is something that I would like watch YouTube videos on. And it's definitely something I learned by trial and error a few many times when I was uh, starting out, but now I've kind of got it down. But Alex, why don't you start off by kind of giving us a little rundown? Sure, yeah. So basically the difference is RGB is for web, CMYK is for print, and hex codes are also for web. So when talking about RGB specifically, RGB literally stands for red, green, and blue. And that refers to the system that's represented by the colors on your screen. So whenever you're working with digital materials, which Emma and I do quite often, like social media graphics or digital display ads, you want to make sure that your file is set to be RGB for web because those values are going to look different on a computer than they do when you're printing. Now, hex codes, this color code is mainly for web design as well. So it's basically like an alternative code for RGB. So it's six digits that's followed by the hashtag symbol. So you might see colors represented in that way. And that just means that that is a hex code and it's combined of numbers and letters to just define its mix of RGB. So when you're talking with another designer, let's say on a web design product, you might just exchange the hex code back and forth instead of the RGB values, you might just use hex codes. So another great example for maybe if you're a designer that doesn't work in Adobe or Photoshop a lot in Canva, that's how you get the color values is by choosing a hex code. So you might be familiar with those values from there. And then when talking about print, so when going to print, sometimes it could be a little bit difficult to get the values to match up exactly. So again, this is when you wanna have your program, your file that you're working in be set to print CMYK. So CMYK just refers to the four ink plates that are used in color printing, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. So you wanna be sure that those values are set to CMYK, as I said, because sometimes if you print a color out in RGB, it'll look beautiful on screen, but those values aren't translated right. And when you print, it might look darker or lighter than how you were viewing it on the screen. So if you're working with print a lot, which 
me and Emma are mainly digital with our works, but sometimes I do get asked for specific codes for CMYK or if a printer is working with one of my files and the colors aren't matching up, I have to be sure that I selected the right values for CMYK. Yeah, and as a designer, we usually always deliver our color codes we give every client all the color codes so that if they ever do want to print anything that with their colors on it, they have those codes already ready to go. And something else, just a tip or a trick that I found that's really helpful is when you're designing something that is going to be digital and print and you need to like have two different files with the two different color codes, something that is helpful is the colors can be different in both, you know, if it's a red, it can look different if it's if the file is set to RGB versus CMYK. So in Illustrator and Photoshop and InDesign, you can gray out colors that aren't convertible to both types of files. So that's kind of helpful to keep in mind when you're picking colors for a brand, if they're going to be doing a lot of print or a lot of digital. It just depends on the brand and the client and what fits their needs best. But yeah, sometimes that graying out you know, I think it grays out the RGB colors that don't that won't print. So um, that's a really good point because yeah. one color that I always struggle with is blue. Yeah, when translating a blue on screen to print, it is so hard to find one that will convert exactly how it is on the screen because it's a cyan, like it, it pulls from those values. So those are always difficult to get very accurately. And another one, not to confuse you, but another one that you might get asked for is a Pantone color. And I know that there's a lot of talk about Pantones, when to use them, when to not provide those values to your client. But if you have time, I would suggest providing those values to your client just because you never know when they're going to get asked for them. I recently just had a project where I had all the CMYK codes, RGB, hex, all of those were very accurate. I handed those off to my client and the specific printer that they're working with asked for a Pantone value. So I had to go in and I personally don't have the Pantone book. It is pretty expensive, but everybody who has it says it's worth it. So I had to go in and figure out those Pantone values myself, use these online converters that I love that we'll talk about a little later on. But I had to get those Pantone values accurately because this helps the printer ensure that no matter what screen, no matter what printer that all these different parties involved are working on, that it is the exact Pantone color that I provided. And also something that's helpful with Pantone is if you're ever working with a client who's going to make merchandise or they're going to print clothing, those can be really helpful for that type of product if they're going to be doing that type of thing. Pantone colors can be really helpful in that situation. Next up on our list of things to talk about with color is color theory. And I know Emma is so passionate about color theory. So I'm going to hand it off to her. It's kind of ironic that I'm the one that is passionate about color theory because Alex, well, it's probably why I'm passionate about it because I love learning about it on my own. Alex, you were probably like, oh, I had so many, many classes. classes. <laughs> I was going to say that your classes, you probably have trauma from uh, having to like study yes, and learn and take that's tests. Exactly um, it. <laughs> but yeah, color theory is basically just the theory and the idea of how colors interact, how they make you feel, how they, you know, invoke different emotions, and just like the history of colors, I think is really interesting, which is something random that actually exists. It might be something that like, you know, you don't really think about. But yeah, so I, you know, when I was starting to do design work and stuff, the first book that really brought me into this is called The Secret Lives of Colors. And 
someone gave it to me as a gift when I was first starting out. I was like, oh, this is just like a cute coffee table book because it's like a very cute cover. And then one day I actually opened it up and it kind of dives into all different colors and their names and kind of their history and what they are and, and per- meanings and emotions and things. So that's a book that I highly recommend for any designer or anyone just interested in design work. It's a great book. And then some more like technical books that are helpful to have is The Interaction of Color by Joseph Albers and The Color Choices by Stephen Quiller. I hope I'm not butchering those names. But color, if you're working with brands that, you know, want to be a little bit more subtle about their branding or want to be a little bit more psychological or things like that, color can be a big part in that. And so making sure you understand, you know, what color means to different people and what color can make people feel is really important within your design work. Also, too, when I know that in an episode last season, Emma and I talked about, you know, when you're thinking about your the branding for a certain project and does it lean more towards feminine? Does it lean more towards masculine? Color plays a really big part in that, especially if you're like half of my audience is male, half of my audience is female. How do you kind of bridge that gap? And color can play a very important part. If you want to lean more towards a masculine brand, you might pick darker colors or more of traditional, you know, deep greens, blacks, browns, that sort of vibe. But then if you need to add in feminine to the mix, you might pick more bright colors, you know, yellows, reds, even throw in a certain tone of a pink in there. So it's very important to just within the overall branding process of what colors to choose and when. On that note too, color resources is something that I know I used to struggle with, you know, what what resources are out there besides these wonderful books that Emma mentioned, what resources are out there that could help you with color in all sorts of different ways. So I mentioned earlier, Pantones are a big thing if asked for them. It's very important that you don't just tell a printer, no, I don't have them. You know, you try to figure that out on your own. <laughs> And I don't have the book, the the beautiful Pantone book, so I don't have an easy reference, you know, just right at my desk. So I found this color converter, so it converts CMYK codes to Pantone codes. And it does give you a lot of different Pantones that could match the value because it's not going to be 100% the same color. So this resource is called icolorpalette.com, and I'm going to link it in the show notes. And you just type in your CMYK values, and then it converts and gives you options of what Pantones that you might suggest. Uncoded, coded, all of those different kinds, you can use that one. The Pantone website also has a good resource for matching colors to the Pantone color, similar where you just plug in the CMYK color or code and out pops the, uh, they give you like a couple different swatches to pick from that are the best match. And this is also something important to do when you're first doing your color palette, because sometimes some colors don't have a really close match to a Pantone color. So if this is something that's going to be important to your client and to their, you know, you want to think about the longevity of their branding and if they can, you know, they, you know, they don't want to have to go back and update color codes. So this is something to kind of do as a preliminary thing and not a secondary after the thought type of thing. So something helpful yeah. to kind of do from the beginning. Also, when talking about color, creating a color palette is very important and it was something that at the way beginning of my design career I struggled with it. I was like how do people come up with these beautiful color palettes and one resource that I found that I still use to this day is coolers.co and 
that website has saved my butt, let me tell you. So (laughs) there have been times where I find one value that I love. You know, I find this really beautiful red and I'm just struggling with what other colors I find will go best with this palette. And so coolers is really cool because you can even put in that first value that you have and you just click the space bar and it generates these color palettes for you. So you can click that space bar as many times as you want to create all of these beautiful palettes. You can do three values, you can do five values, you know, so it really helps you create these palettes that you might not have thought of. Yeah, and a couple other tools that I love similar to coolers is Color Hunt. It kind of works in the same way where it produces some palettes and you can kind of, if you like a color, you can pull from it. And then of course, Adobe Color, it's really helpful when you're trying to create just different custom color palettes. It can do a couple things like monochromatic and complementary colors and split complementary where it pulls, you know, complementary colors that look good together and pulls a whole palette together. So Adobe Colors is elite in picking color palettes. And then another one I love that's kind of new and also a little controversial because of the AI. I know AI can be, uh, it's a something that in the design world that is a uh, hot topic right now but it's a website called chroma and it's a really nice color tool because it actually learns your what you like and kind of what color palettes you tend to go for so you can kind of train it and it can be a really great tool when you're just feeling a little bit stuck with picking a new color palette so lastly we wanted to touch on accessibility and so With accessibility, it's really important to think of people that are colorblind, that don't have perfect vision, and just making sure that your designs are open and and beautiful to everyone that's looking at them. And this is actually something that I've always kind of thought about. You know, I've, I've thought about it when I'm like, you know, by my eyes. I look at it and I'm like, is there enough contrast within, you know, these two colors? And I only really think about it in contrast, you know, settings. I don't think about it in, you know, people that can't see green or people that can't see red. So at a conference I recently went to, this amazing designer spoke about accessibility. I'll tag her in the show notes. And there's a couple websites that she shared that I would like to share with you guys. So first up is Adobe Color. They they have an accessibility panel within that kind of Adobe Colors website. And so you can check the contrast of colors and it will tell you if it passes the overall standard standardized test in some countries. So she's actually Canadian and in her in Canada, every design has to actually pass these tests to actually be legal. There's also a lot of accessibility laws within web design. So this is something to actually look at for if your colors will be past the standards on a website. So, and then also with an illustrator under proof setup, there is an accessibility test there as well. And then she also shared a great website called color contrast analyzer, which is actually, I think it's a Canadian website. So it's actually C O L O U R again, it'll be linked in the show notes, but on this website, you can upload an image or a PDF and it will check the accessibility of that document. So it's really nice if it's actually something that you want to upload and get checked rather than like a website or things like that. But this is just something to, you know, keep in mind and also, you know, check your laws of your design work. So if you're a web designer or what country you're in, make sure that you're, you know, reaching those standards. That's so interesting that it's actually kind of like a law. Like you have to, it has to be accessible to all audience types. That's, that's very interesting. I also saw a Instagram post a few weeks ago, and I will tag the account below. I believe it was Cool Eye Creative created this graphic, 
And it says your fave beige branding designer doesn't care about accessibility. So I think that right now we're going through this trend of these beige designers who use, you know, brown on brown, a lot of monotone colors. And that is not accessible at all. This account even put the graphic in a contrast checker and it was all fail throughout the entire board because it is not accessible. It, it does not pass the test. So just because something is trending right now also doesn't mean that you should do it. I mean, this goes with type as well, but since we're talking about color on this episode, I think that that was a really good note for that account to make. Yeah. And I think that something with this is about just accessibility and overall color and trend is that our world, it's like a proven fact that our world is losing color. Cars are less colorful, you know, our clothing is less colorful. And so Alex and I are here to bring color back into Which, yeah, it makes me so world. sad because we love <laughs> <know>. color. <laughs> I know. But yeah, so we hope that you were able to gather a little bit of information or if you're an experienced designer, we hope that this was like a nice little brush up on color and maybe you learned some new resources. But if you have any, you know, favorite color things or favorite color websites or books, we'd love to hear any recommendations you have. Please comment on the Instagram post for this episode. We hope that you love the episode and we will hear from you next week. Bye. Bye. For more sorted content, follow us on Instagram at sorted.pod. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, let us know by leaving a review. It means so much. Sorted is hosted by Alex Pizak and Emma McGoldrick. Produced and edited by Carrie King. Marketing and graphic design by AP The Creative and ESM Creative Studio. Photography by Hannah Hunt. And music by Dam Dharmawan. Huge thanks to all the people that made Sorted happen and to you for listening. See, See you, you next time. time.